Hello and welcome to the Super Spreader Show with Trish and Susie. We're here to infect you with the truth and hope it spreads like a virus. Hello, Susie. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everyone. So we had an exciting, scary time celebrating our 100th episode with fabulous people. And um, it was fabulous. And I said scary because the movie was eye opening. Like we knew most of what they were saying. I actually learned some new things, but it's, it really is terrifying. And I think it's because they had two stay at home moms that were just speaking at their, you know, school boards and, you know, FBI broke down their doors and I, it's scary to me. Mm -hmm. You know, you may, people might roll their eyes like, okay, who are you? You know what I mean? I've spoken at board meetings. Like, am I on a list? And I wasn't very nice at the board meetings. And then we have a podcast and you just think, I mean, they want to scare people. So go, go, um, what are they, what they call that? The low fruit, low hanging fruit, low hanging fruit first, like type of thing and mm-hmm. try to scare the population because what they did to those ladies did scare me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not like, ba- Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I did not go on. Do not disturb my bad. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think we'll start over? No. no. <laughs> so, um, I didn't silence my. Head. Oh, I did. I did. Oh, see, you're on top of it. Yeah. Um, okay. Any thoughts? Oh, thank you, everyone, that came out. Yes. Um, can we call them by name? Yeah. Ah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I posted their faces are. on our Instagram. Oh, yeah. So Kim and her lovely husband Corey came out. Our amazing friend now, she is our friend, Rose, and she she cracked me up. <laughs> so she was like, I, I bought tickets for my parents. And then I was like, oh, because you never know. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone can have different political views or, you know. Yeah. And then I said, oh, they're like, they know. And she's like, no, they have no idea what they're coming <gasps> oh to. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I was oh. like, oh my gosh, you're you're brave, Rose. Yeah. So um afterwards she did text us and say, um, she said, What did you think of the documentary, Mom and Dad? And then I think she said her mom said, It was too much. And then her dad said it was very eye-opening. Mm, good. So I mean, I mean, she knows her parents and you know, but I just was like, Oh, you're so brave. <laughs> <laughs> she just bought him tickets and didn't tell yeah. them anything about it. So I was like, you are a brave soul. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it, you know, her parents are lovely. And so I got to meet, you know, her mom and dad. And um, let me see. Was that it? Was that it? Um, and then our hub- hubbies. And then Lori couldn't celebrate with us. She couldn't come that early. But Lori and her husband, I believe Ty, came out and um, watched it. And so... Yeah. Oh, man. It was an exciting... It was a Monday. Right. <laughs> I know. Mondays are hard. It was hard for us, too. So, um, we we appreciate everyone that messaged us and said that they wish that they could be there. But XYZ life, mm-hmm. um, they couldn't. So, just wanted to just say a huge thank you. Yeah. And anything... Well, when we you? were at dinner, I was... You know, and I think even on the way there, I had a couple sort of just little hesitations about like, is this, are we going to be the only ones in here? <laughs> and mm. I think I remembered, I don't know if we said on the show, the last episode that it would be good if it's packed. Mm-hmm. And so um, we were, we were um, celebrating at the restaurant nearby. And then I think your husband texted, right? That mm-hmm. we need to leave and get over here. <laughs> yes. So I remember like trying to kind of rushing over there thinking, okay, this is exciting. It's mm-hmm. we actually, um, and then when we got there, it was kind of quiet. Like, there wasn't a ton of people, but I think the crowd that your husband saw maybe went, had gone in by then. So we got in easily. Yeah. And then it wasn't full right away, but it was full by the time the movie, like by the time the movie started, it was a packed theater. So he, so Mark couldn't join us um, 
for the celebration part because he was at work. But um, so I was like, go straight to the movies. So he saw a long line. So what he saw was a long line. When he called us, he was like, they're opening the doors. Hurry. But I don't know if you noticed because I was like, oh, the theater isn't that full yet. When we got there, mm -hmm. thankfully. But did you notice there were a lot of jackets on chairs? Mm, okay. So I think like they grabbed their chair and left. Oh, okay. So I noticed, oh my gosh, there's a lot of saved seats. Saved seats. And then um and then even wrote because like we were trying to find oh maybe I noticed it because um Rose's parents weren't there yet. So we were trying to at least find two or three so she could mm -hmm. sit with them. And at that time, that's right when we got there. We we found two together. That was it. That was it because everyone was saving mm. seats. So maybe they were getting popcorn or bathroom, right? So that's what I wanted to say about that. Yeah. And it was packed. Yeah. And there was two theaters. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because you couldn't, They there was no advertising for it. Nothing on the marquee. You just had to have the ticket or on your phone or print out that shows you bought it online and then they let you in. Um, and it, and the end was really powerful uh, because they talk about the January 6th prisoners, which I was really glad to be reminded of because I need to be praying for them yeah. more regularly. Yeah. Um, they are serving sentences that do not warrant what happened. Um, especially when you think about the destruction and crime and, um, violations about like BLM riots and Antifa, you know, all the stuff they do and that none of them are serving these kind of sentences. Um, but at the very end, they, they show a clip of um, someone they do. What is it called? Um, it's, it's fictional, but it's based on reality, but mm -hmm. they're, they're using a scene that is created at, by the movie to show, to, to, to depict what is happening. So they show a prisoner who's not the actual prisoner, but it's basically explain, you know, just uh, giving you a visual of what it, what is going on, how they're in solitary. Some of them are in solitary confinement, so they're alone most of the hours of the day. Um, mm -hmm. They get like meals, you know, sent through. I mean, they're being treated like they're some like they're actual terrorists. terrorists. Yeah, they really are. Um, and none of them have records. None of them, you know, have warrant this no. sort of treatment. But they're in there, and um, every night at nine. Mm -hmm. They sing the national anthem. Yeah. In defiance. In defiance. And so they do that at the end. I mean, I don't want to, but I think yeah. it's our, it's, it's our, okay. it's only, it's it already had its two nice. live showings and now you can stream it um, tomorrow, starting tomorrow. <laughs> but they sing it at the end and then the, the theater, you know, you can hear people sing. Um, and Kim and I were saying like, we should have stood up, you know, like, and we did it, but um, I don't, I didn't watch the Dan Bongino. Um, show from yesterday i listened to it but he shows clips that people sent him from around the country where people were i think standing up and like so really yeah i was um videotaping for our post but um i couldn't it's too emotional i was <laughs> yeah i'm like trying not to cry right now um like i i was like recording thankfully but i was so choked up that um I think I was telling Lori in the bathroom after I was like if I let any tears out I think it broke down it would have just been a flood like like uncontrollably and that's like really embarrassing in public yeah um yeah happened to me with the Nicholas Sparks movie once <laughs> and I'm like traumatized <laughs> I like did the ugly cry in the theater it was oh, really embarrassing man. so I just focused on recording. And so I listening to Don, Dan Bongino, I was like, oh, I wish, you know, if one of us, it just took one person to stand up and belt it out. It, it would have brought the whole theater, but I physically couldn't. And I'm, I'm hoping that was the reason everyone was just in shock. Like for our theater, um, it was super emotional. So I don't know. I just want like, I just hope that it was that way for most people. I'm sure. So I, I if, even if the whole, I maybe I would have stood up, but I probably would have just lost it at that yeah. point if everyone stood up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was super emotional. The other thing I will say um, is Corey made a good point because someone was 
we met a man outside who was in the other theater afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying, you know, which I think we all kind of felt. He's like, I mean, it's not, none of this is new to me. Yeah. Or actually, this is the guy that was talking to Corey. He said, none of this is new to me, but he did it. Dinesh does, Dinesh does a good job of, of like packaging up, packaging it up in like a sequence of events to show how we have the police state here already. So like, yeah, if you, I mean, I'm not surprised by any of it, um, but it's still, still tough to swallow and like really think about how yeah. scary it is getting, you know, yep. and has gotten for some people. I mean, and has led to like suicides yep. by innocent oh. people. Like it's just, it's, it's yep. very heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, it's like for someone who maybe ha- has had their head in the sand for the last several years, it would be a good, um, way for them to see how it all has played out. Maybe. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how I would take it as someone who didn't, wasn't paying attention, but I mean, I'm sure there's people that have seen it that, and I'm curious, I would be curious to know what their take would be. Like, does it make sense to you? Or yeah. are you still like, is it just too much? Like you don't like, okay. Don't cuckoos. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to find someone. So I saw a meme and it was Reynolds wrap, like in a grocery store is like the section for foil. And um, oh, someone empty. put us, no, someone <laughs> oh. put a sign up and it was like free hat with every pr- purchase, the tinfoil <laughs> hat, like you can make the hat. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's us. But I think um, it's just easier for you to go like your cuckoo. You know what I mean? Like, so to see that and just go, oh, okay. Things I didn't like about it was they moved the camera a lot, which hurts my eyes mm. and head. Like even just when there's like, they're trying to make it more like the YouTubers. Cause mm-hmm. I can't stand watching the boys YouTubers mm-hmm. cause they, they have just the handheld camera and they're constantly moving. I don't know if you noticed that, but that really bothered me. And I think to get everything in jam packed in that hour and a half or whatever, however long it was, um, it was just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and I was fast. like, I need you to slow yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. I would much rather have had it a two hour movie versus like, cause I think it did not cater to the ones that don't know mm. everything because I would, I was overwhelmed. Yeah. And I, if I knew nothing that was going on, I would be like, what is and I'm only gonna be 43 like I'm not you know like I feel like it gets worse as you get older Mm -hmm. because things like that didn't bother me back then but um when I was younger so those are the two things that I did not like (laughs) slow down you know most people listen to podcasts and like they've you know you can make the voices go faster whatever it's called I need to watch that movie like in slow motion (laughs) so anyways i just had to it's just those two things really bothered me because i was like so i just wanted to yell slow down yeah and stop moving if you're sitting down doing an interview the camera doesn't need to move yeah that's that's my grandma rant for the day it's still it's still worth watching oh yes um, i'm sorry it really but is no yeah i mean it's fair it's fair criticism <laughs> not no one's perfect right but other than that it was a great movie yeah Ugh. we should move on because let's so move much on to talk about yes we do well i feel okay so let's talk about we have a new speaker yeah that's good mike johnson <laughs> did not know about this dude beforehand no. <laughs> from louisiana republican avi so he um it it's funny now and i'm sorry if my phone just automatically plays the clip okay good um <clears throat> He's, they've been now showing clips of a couple years ago of Mike Johnson, um, you know, being in, what do they call those? Committees. Committees, thank you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, okay, he's pretty mouthy. Like, how have I not heard about this guy? Yeah, I feel like we've probably seen him in clips, but you just, you know, it's when they're showing like different hot mic or mm-hmm. hot takes or whatever of... um these hearings, congressional hearings. So we've probably seen him like make comments and stuff, but just not really. He's not one of those. He's not a Matt Gates or a Jim Jordan level in the media, right? Chip Roy. 
Yeah, he's <laughs> so this is kind of all I think what's all so, such an interesting um, revelation about how he came into this position because I think it all kind of you know worked it so I don't know it's just interesting it's interesting especially after listening to that clip with Matt Gates. So yes, we have this clip and it, it's like 10 plus yeah, minutes so we're not going to play it and it's hard to take one minute yeah. from it and it's not going to make sense. So you got to listen to the whole thing that um, it basically, I think what happened was um, they were trying to do something and Kevin, what were they trying to do? And Kevin McCarthy was the only one to object. They were trying to do a live roll call, roll call, roll call because they knew that we weren't going to get um, Tom Emmer was mm -hmm. not getting the votes. Yeah. And so Mike Johnson was the second mm -hmm. in second place. And so, they wanted to see what the roll call, call would be for him. And then Kevin McCarthy was the only person to object it. So he exposed that he is the biggest snake in the grass. Yeah. And so that was, that's like <laughs> the best. I don't well, know. And then, it's and then a he, great interview. And then he, he, he went and did a private vote. He wanted to get oh, yes. 100 people. Um, so he mm -hmm. went from getting 100, right promising ins. 100 write-ins for and him, he, and it for was himself. Showing, yeah, and it was showing that he was working like with the Democrats, even mm -hmm. some of them, mm -hmm. promising you know committee hearings and things mm -hmm. to to sweeten their deal um, to get him back in there. And he was mentioning even like Steve Scalise didn't realize it because he was up for nomination, and then you know because he was it. like he was one of the early replacement nominations that didn't go through. Yeah, um, no, but he was like friends with kevin mccarthy mm -hmm. like uh, quote-unquote friends yeah, well was, just for lack yeah, of a better term would, but so he had a hundred people and by the time they did the vote with the write-ins for for himself like he wanted to come back as speaker he had 44 out of the hundred so not even the all hundred well yeah they did they did their in. own like secret ballot secret ballots and had and said they had 40 and then when they made them roll call they would have to say who they actually voted for and that's when people <laughs> turned on him and they're like never mind how many you did know? they and they, they had zero. Zero. kevin mccarthy had zero the best it was the best interview and it it's, i'll put it on the show notes it's a long interview but it's just he because i'm like how did they get a maga like a trump um house speaker Woo. a trump supporter it's, right when you yeah. have more rhinos than not like how did this happen so i mean it's fascinating it's a little fascinating to yeah. me so but then it makes sense how it happened. Yeah. So I I highly recommend that. Because I didn't get to say this in the last, I don't think I got to say this in the last episode because we had to abruptly stop. <laughs> so <laughs> I forgot about that. Kids. Uh, <laughs> but I was going to say that like uh, my attitude about la with last week was like, I was just done with both. And that's kind of what the, what the, maybe I touched on it, but I was like, I'm so over, you know, the labels of, Democrats and Republicans. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely don't agree with the Democrats at this phase in their party. I feel like they have been completely bought um, into the progressive, like yeah. lunatic left mm -hmm. that they've become, unfortunately. Um, but you know, Republicans I am over too, because it's like, are they no? Yeah. And you know, are they actually Republicans or no. are they just a rhino Republican in name right. only? Mm -hmm, like, are they really serving the, the interests of, of the conservative um, side of things? So like at last week, I was just like, let's just clean house. Like if I had the option, I know there's a few of them that I like in there, but if I had the option to just clean house and get all of them out and start, start new, you know, that's where I was at last week. I was over it. Oh, and people were mad at Matt Gates, And I'm thinking, oh, sorry, this is total woman analogy, <laughs> but have you ever deep cleaned? Like, let's say a closet, your pantry, whatever, yeah. pots and pans, and you're going to clean out the cabinets, yeah. you know? Um, you have to pull everything out. Like your room looks like a tornado hit it, right? Yeah. And then you deep clean and then you put out, you get rid of stuff, you put it back and it's like the most beautiful thing ever, yeah. right? But that is what I was like considering the mess, the, the clown show um, for weeks now because they couldn't get their stuff together. And I just went, you know what? We're not sending money anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I, I was just praying that it would have the good outcome. Like 
when you deep clean, like you can't just pull everything out of your closet and then stop. Mm-hmm. And to, to expose one, two, ten plus rhinos and they, they call themselves Republicans would be worth it for me. Yeah. And Kevin McCarthy, he's the biggest he's, one. And I was he like. He was exposed for sure. Yes. I mean, we knew. Yeah. But you don't, I mean, you're just kind of like, we don't really know. And he really showed himself um, and others did too. So yeah. Matt Gates once again, is our guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it just started, but. I think so far it looks like he's going to be better, definitely better than McCarthy as speaker in terms of like pushing the conservative um, policies and making sure, you know, the government stays on track. And I made the observation that we were talking about in the pre in the, when we're taking notes beforehand um, that he is actually a constitutional lawyer He's go. not a lifelong politician. No. He's in politics now, but he has a lawyer background. And like, I don't know, are you, if you're playing, you're, were you going to play clips of him or no? Yeah, I was going to play the, the one. You can what, see him, how he clip? knows how, to, I don't know. Well, I feel like either of them kind of show how he has a lawyer like demeanor when he talks to people because he knows already what the answer is. And he's just <laughs> trying to bring it out of the, you know, who's he, whoever he's interrogating. Okay. Could he be a snake? Yes. There's always... Always a possibility. Yeah. I'm not, we're not dumb. We're not like putting him on a pedestal because yeah. I don't put any of these fools on a pedestal. But I, I like that he's not, he comes, he has a, ba- a professional background yes. in something that's not just, just like Washington. Trump. He's not swamp. He's not a swamp creature. As yeah. far as we know. That, that we know of again. Like, like you figure we've had Kevin McCarthy, Nancy Pelosi, Paul Ryan. And Paul Ryan. These are lifelong politicians. They're, yeah. they're there because donor, the donor class puts them there. Yep. And so they are beholden to the donor class. They're not, they're not serving the American people. No, they're not serving or listening to the people that they are supposed to be working for. Yeah. And that's what I feel like these <laughs> really fast before I pull up his little speech right when he became speaker. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, okay. That's different. That's not a, a I know that's committee. That's why I was like, sorry. Um, if you if you pull up like um, they have him in, uh, interrogating basically or questioning, but he does it lawyer oh, that, style. The one that I uh, just Alexander Mayorkas about the border. Okay, um, have, let's see here. Those I'll types do of it. clips you'll kind of here. get a sense of him. Frustrating responsibility on this committee of providing oversight of your agency, but I have to be honest and tell you, I'm not sure exactly what you do at the Department of Homeland Security other than great harm. On your watch, the data is pretty clear. We've had record levels of illegal immigration, a rapid decline in deportations, skyrocketing fentanyl deaths across our country, and the Secret Service, which is a DHS component, can't determine who left cocaine at the White House. <laughs> Thank that's you, Benny. Lawyer. That's from that's Benny a lawyer's Johnson. talk, you know. That's not a, that's mm. not a politician. And then, okay, so like I was saying, we don't know yeah. if he's at Snake yet, but... He so when he went behind the speaker desk to like it's a longer speech, but this is just a clip of it. He brought his Bible and he talked about God, and mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I mean, he, he's either really fooling us or whatever. But I'm just gonna take a deep breath and pause for a little bit and just, you know, okay, we will see, right? Mm-hmm. But oh, I hope this one's correct. Let me see. Thank you, Stephen, and thank you, uh, Tom and Elise. This is an extraordinary team that has been assembled here to serve the American people. Steve Scalise represents so much in our home state of Louisiana. Uh, One of the things he he truly represents is perseverance and hope. And as he was talking here just a moment ago, I was reminded of the scripture that says suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. What we need in this country is more hope. The, the, the people have lost their faith in our institutions. The, 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 their faith is at an all-time low. And, and one of the reasons they've lost it is because the Congress, over the years, has not delivered for the American people well enough. We're in the majority right now. We've gone through a little bit of suffering. We've gone through a little bit of character building. And you know what it's produced? More strength, more perseverance, and a lot of hope. And that's what we're about to deliver to the American people. So that was him outside. Sorry. Hold yeah. on. I'm going to try to find it. 
Um, hold on. Sorry, there's dogs barking now. <laughs> like, what the? <laughs> what is happening? Jamal oh, Bowman turning oh. himself. The guy that pulled the fire alarm. Oh, Jamal Bowman. Mm-hmm. What in the world? No. We want to thank all the press for what? I don't know. Oh, it was on Rooted Wings. I'm on the wrong. Uh, I was on Benny Johnson. Sorry. Yeah. So Sorry, here it is. Okay. This is where he brings his Bible up to the desk. To take good care of it. I want to tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I, I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is <clears throat> very clear. That, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And, and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it. Yeah. He's talked scripture twice. So, yeah. In those two clips. And he had his Bible up there. And I'm like, no one's perfect mm -hmm. in this world. But I mean, would you be brave enough to go up there and preach the gospel, basically, talking about scripture? And, hope, you know, like, I don't know. It's scary because you're going up against how many demon <laughs> crafts? <laughs> um, joking. Just joking. But. You know, there's a lot, like, to have that many people staring at you, probably they hate you. Oh, yeah. You're bringing God, the Bible, like, the demons in. No, I'm serious. Like, they have probably some evil spirits in them. And then that gets, like, aroused because he's mm -hmm. up there with the Bible. And they're like, <sighs> probably. Yeah. I mean, just to talk one-on-one -on -one scripture with someone is terrifying at mm -hmm. times and i i give that's where i go mad yeah. respect because he's up there knowing he's being recorded he's face to face with a bunch of people that don't like him and he's preaching scripture yeah <laughs> so i mean he you know he just got up there so <laughs> i don't we're not gonna draw mm -mm. we're not gonna go 100 percent no one way or the other and I, the only if you can just like i'm really trying to train my brain to just, it's all like policy, policy, policy. Mm. So like as, as time goes on and we'll see, you know, what policy gets put forward or what, you know, what he advocates for. And that's all that matters. I'm, I'm not really concerned with, you know, what he's saying. Like, obviously I like that he's saying that, but mm -hmm. you can, I mean, he could just be really, you know, he's a lawyer, so he could know mm -hmm. how to say things when he needs to say them and butter them up. But like, so, you know, I have... I have, what is it called? Um, optim, um, skeptical, optimistically skeptic. What is it? Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember the right. term, Whatever. but you know, like it's good to have a healthy amount of skepticism, yeah. but mm -hmm. you know, people have the uh, um, opportunity to prove themselves. And so we'll see. Yeah. Let's see what he does. Yeah. Devil knows the scripture better than us. So yeah. like, I'm not saying, yeah, oh, anyone that. scripture doesn't mean Correct. one way or the other. Correct. Yeah. Um, okay. So. <laughs> Sorry, we. But I mean, ever. Yeah, I just. I was like, not. I could not believe how they came together behind this guy. <laughs> so the whole. I really. We really encourage you to listen to the Matt Gates thing because that mm -hmm. at least helps explain how something like this could have happened. Yeah. It just seems almost like too good to be true. Yes. <laughs> same. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know if it's when Kevin McCarthy shot himself in the foot. They were yeah. like, we're done. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Anything else about Mike Johnson no, that you want to... Let's just see how it goes. <laughs> but what is that called? The interim speaker? Is that what that yeah, word is Patrick called? Patrick Henry. Or... He kicked out Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hats off. He kicked out two people. I forgot the, the guy's name. He kicked out two people out of office, their offices. So mad yeah. respect and I to just, you. My, my just gut <laughs> says that like he was not just quickly replace you know they fought he this was a this according to what the what matt gates was saying mm -hmm. is that they it was a process mm -hmm. they had to really like work to get him there so that's why i'm more optimistic about it. i'm cautiously optimistic that's what i was there you to go say. that's I'm cautiously optimistic there you go sorry with him. Yeah. oh okay so now we're gonna go um do you want to talk about jack hibbs 
Yeah. And while what I'm, else did we have on there? Was it? No, that's all I have. Okay. That's, that's, and all the remember. clips. We, okay. We'll finish it off. So um, there's a man named Amir Safardi. He's um, Israeli. And um, he's, you know, obviously served in their military. He lives there um, now. He has grown children, some of whom serve in the Israeli military right now that are on the front lines. Um, and I had heard him when he came to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, Jack, which is Jack Hibbs church. Um, I think it was back in 2020. Um, just, you know, talking about current events that were happening and how it relates to to the Bible. Um, but anyway, I saw that he was going to be interviewed again. And so, um, he was, he was interviewed via satellite because he's actually in, in Israel right now. Um, and Jack, and so he, it was just a very educational, um, just extremely, yeah, it just helps you understand the, how, what the true, the truth behind the conflict. Um, because obviously there's, there's a lot of emotion of people being pulled into one way or the other. Um, but if you just honestly read the Bible, the Bible, um, prophesies what is happening now. Um, they pull script, you know, they pull scripture from old and new Testament about this conflict. Um, and so it's just really, it's really uh, helpful if you know the true history of their, mm-hmm. of, of Palestine versus Israel. Um, the biggest thing that we'll play in a minute is that I really wanted to, um, make sure people understand is, is how you have people that are this, in these pro pal, like a lot of college students too, mm-hmm. by the way, like young people, which is really what's scary about yes. this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, who are screaming about pro Palestine and occup, you know that Israel's mm-hmm. the occupier. I mean, all the the real violent writing and um, verbal, abu- you know, language um, coming out of the pro Palestine side of things is based on an absolute lie. Yep. And that's scary, but, you know, it's par for the course. I feel like just like the George Floyd thing from 2020 is now coming out nearly four years later, which I think is very, very suspicious timing, by the way, but that's a whole nother episode. Um, but what that, you know, lie mm-hmm. ended up doing to the, to divide and cause chaos and, you know, kind of what this is, has started to do. So if you know what the truth is behind all that, that's just, you know, then it's like you can see, because this is not, let me said this before, this is not about um, Israel versus Hamas or Israel versus Palestine. Um, and obviously innocent people die on both sides when it's something like this. Um, but it's this, this is like literally spiritual warfare and it's yeah. God versus the ungodly. Mm-hmm. It's um, unfortunately in their charter that, Jews do not d- need to be exterminated. It's their own videos <laughs> of what they did uh, to these people that yeah. we see. It's not news or things that, you know, the video, the Israeli side captured. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they they want you to know what they, what they will do to people. And, and the other point that was made um, during this uh, interview that we're going to play clips of was, um, you know, America is the big Satan. Israel is the little Satan. Mm. So, I mean, when you're, when you have people that are on, um, the anti-Semitite, anti-Semitic and, you know, anti-Israel, the, 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 the bigger prize is actually Mm anti-American. They don't want America to exist. So like to me, in my opinion, um, if you are, pro-Palestine in the sense of exterminating Jews, you're really a traitor to this country and you don't need, you should not be here. Well, they're also in the same breath. They're saying (laughs) death to America. Right. So essentially that's kind of where you have, they're literally saying that literally. And then, yeah, it's, it's like we were talking earlier how you have like clips from the, from kids, you know, in San Francisco yelling from the river to the sea. And it's Mm -hmm. like, do you know what that means? Do you know what that the background of the river to the sea? They do not. Means they don't. I can guarantee. Or they do, and that's you know, mm. it's like people. You, you true. One thing that has been shown through this is people. People have shown who they really are. Yeah. If you really hate an entire race of people that you don't think needs to, deserves to be here, okay. Well, at least we know. You know, yeah. 
And it is biblical. We are called as Christians to support the Jewish people and not in the terms of their government and not discounting a cr- that governments can be corrupted, mm-hmm. that they're not necessarily following the biblical God, biblical mm-hmm. God, the God of the Bible from their government perspective right now. But we are called as Christians to support Jews and the Israelites to support them towards Christ. Mm-hmm. That's where the end result is going to be. So um, we can play a couple clips. So I'm going to do the one with the um, about the the slides territory, territory, and I'll kind of explain it. Um, so like, there's going to be. I'm going to put a picture of the slide on our show notes, which is on our website under this episode, and it's like four four um, eras of the Palestine Israel yeah. like occupation that people are fighting under, fighting about, and how the t- the first one is is what the lie is. And so it basically shows like green and white and like the whole area is green for Palestine in the 1947 before Israel was just declared a state or a, I forget what that was called. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but that's kind of what where everyone bases this occupation and decolonization, justifying mm-hmm. all everything that just happened, you know? Um, and then it, you know, you see it, you see it get less and less green and more and more white. And that's what they're teaching in schools and universities. You know, that's what, how it's being put out into our culture, how it has been put out for decades now. Um, and why you have these, this issue mm-hmm. of these massive protests and actual, um, incidents that are happening now to Jewish people, yep. um, based on an absolute lie. Yep. So you can play the clip and then please refer to the, to the map on, on our show notes so that you can understand what he's referring to. But Are we going to play the four minutes? Yeah, I okay. would play. It's a long clip, guys. Okay, here we go. And I'm gonna sh- I want all of you guys to see this. Guys, we're going to go to slide number four. I want you to see a lie that your university student believes. And I want to unpack this for you quickly and then give Amir the opportunity to speak to this. Now... This is how the world, listen carefully, this is how the world views this current issue today. Notice the top, Palestinian loss of land, 1947 to present. That's what your kids are learning in school. That's what the UN sees. This is what many in the United States government sees. This is what many in the West see in other parts of the world. This is how they recognize it. You have friends, neighbors, family, co-workers. This is their view on the left side. This is their view. Now watch this. On the left side, Amir said it. I hope you caught it. None of that was, quote, green until 135 AD by the Emperor Hadrian, Roman Emperor. Stop right there. From the creation of time itself, all the way through, God had called this land the promised land. That it would be a land that would be eventually Abraham's land, but eventually the scripture says it would be Israel. And there's a very, very direct, I'll show it to you in a moment, a very key layout of the land of promise. Okay, but from 135 AD, when Hadrian, the pagan Roman, said, I want to shame the Israelis, I want to destroy Jerusalem, so let's do this. Let's no longer call Jerusalem, Jerusalem, but Capitolina, and let's no longer call Israel, Israel, let's call it Palestine, or uh, root is Philistia, the land of the Philistines, the land of the invaders, which is today spoken, you can say, Palestine, but it comes out of Rome, friends. But from the from the unbelieving world view, to them Israel has done nothing but eat up land. You see, the occupier to them has been advancing. That the occupier tonight is the one retaliating against those who attacked Israel. Are you tracking me? Because they view what Israel's doing as a great injustice. Why? They don't believe Israel should have been in the first place. Listen, if you don't believe in the God of the Bible, then you would agree with them. This comes down not to geopolitical issues. 
This comes down to spiritual issues. Did God promise Abraham the land? You only know that from the Bible. You also only know this from the Bible. There is no word Palestine in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, it's not there. But Israel is in there nearly 700 times. Okay, are you listening? You can go back as far back as time can go and you'll find the name Israel in the scriptures. Amir mentioned Nehemiah. That's about 2,500 years ago, okay? What was Nehemiah talking about? What did King Artaxerxes say to Nehemiah for him to go back and rebuild? Go back to Jerusalem, go back to Israel. Friends, the, the pagan ancient world called Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and they called Israel, Israel. No one ever called it Palestine. It was Hadrian who said, those Jews make me sick. I want to erase their memory of their land and of their heritage. So let's rename it. Let's punish them by renaming them. That name has stuck to people who do not believe in the God of the Bible. I hope this is making some sense. So what you see now to the far right is Israel present. And look how they put it. The white area now is Israeli occupied land. And you look at that and you're, you're a, a, a student at, at Harvard and you're going, oh man, I see the injustice now. Lies and doctrines of demons. Why? Because if Israel doesn't exist, then where's Christ returning to? If there's no Jerusalem, then where is Christ going to establish his throne? Are you getting my drift? These are spiritual issues. And then real quick, I want to show you, uh, put, up, uh, put up number two, Jack, guys. Yeah. Can, can I show? So, I mean, it goes on. It's so it fascinating. On. And um, I just really highly encourage you to watch the entire um, interview. But, um, the, so yeah, what I was saying is, so it's all, this is whole occupation. So when you hear people talk about decolonization, mm-hmm. that's based on a lie because it was never their land. It was always Israel's land. Like, and they, did, uh, even, they even offered, um, I think it's where Gaza was for them. I can't remember. I feel bad because I don't know every detail of the history, but I know that they were, he talks about it also later in the interview that they have offered mm-hmm. the, Pal- the Palestinian people land. Um, they, you know, they talk, you'll hear this in the news too about the two state solution. Yep. Um, but that is not possible if you're, what is it called? Like, I guess their religion, the Muslim, they don't, in their tenets, they don't believe the Jewish people sh- should exist. They need to be exterminated. And so that doesn't work for them. He, yeah. s- he says it later on. You cannot offer them peace. You cannot offer them land. They don't want that. No. They don't want to be around a, a no. Jewish person or Israel. No. So that doesn't, that's not a solution for them. They want them exterminated and off the yep. face of the earth. And then why do they want that? Because what he just said, if there's no Jerusalem, where does Jesus return to? That's crazy. You know, so if you understand it from biblical history and what God promised, then it's not complicated. Mm-mm. And you see right through the lie that is just permeating all over our country, all over the world, uh, and among young people, which is just terrifying because these people are just, you know, losing their minds over something that is not even true, but they don't, that's what they're being taught. So it's, yeah. I just felt like that was such an important point that you need to carry when you so that you can you know see through the fog of war and propaganda that we're seeing right now and know what the truth is and then there's one more i have one hour mark yeah i don't know what it is and that's when he talks about the actual war okay there's a couple things i want to say but okay i don't know if i should say this now because i don't want to forget so he was basically at the beginning of the interview he was saying that this is not the actual war like this is, we're on the freeway right now. Israel's on the freeway and they're heading towards a much bigger war. So this is something that is like kind of like an initial conflict, um, which I didn't realize. Let me just pull up my notes real fast. Cause I don't want to forget. Um, Are you going to talk he about, he talks about the uh-huh. Ezekiel war, yes. which is mentioned in the Bible. Um, I can't, yeah, that might, is that in that clip? I can't remember. I don't know what this clip is. This is, I don't, 
he may mention it, but just in case, because I know he's definitely going to mention something else that I'm not talking about right now. But um, the Ezekiel, in the Ezekiel War, the U.S. is not mentioned in the, in that war. Um, it's in the Bible. And we've heard that term before that the U.S. is not yep. in the Bible, right? So, mm-hmm. like, what does it mean for the future of the U.S.? And I know they talk about it. Like, does it mean that the U.S. is un, under a completely different political system? Because we're the, the, the most, we're the biggest ally to Israel, mm-hmm. modern day ally there is right now. So does that mean when we're not in the war is part of the war? Does that mean that we're in a completely different political under completely different political rule? We're not their ally anymore. Does it mean we're not here anymore? We're destroyed. Does, like, what does that mean for us? We don't know. Um, he does make make mention too of the fact that um, they don't. We have um, some battleships there mm-hmm. that they've sent over, um, and they didn't ask for that. Israel <laughs> did not ask for that. They can they can actually resolve this on their own um, as of now. And um, it's very suspicious because they want to be able to defend themselves immediately. They need to go in there and clean house and get rid of Hamas um, and any terrorist organization that would, you know, want them actually exterminated. Right. But we're, you know, you have people on the other side, like the squad members calling for ceasefire and all these pro Palestinian marches calling for a ceasefire that will never end up the way that they think it will because the country doesn't the the nation those nations don't want the Jews to exist so that's impossible for one but it, what it does is it delays Israel from being being able to defend itself with like hostage negotiations and all that that's going on right now and mm-hmm. it allows Iran to arm themselves mm-hmm. so like America is playing both sides of this war yeah. it We're really it, it <laughs> is We're funding both sides of it which is disgusting yep. but that's you know I think how it usually plays out because yep. wars make money yep um, for and that for goes those back to my point people, of not why, for us. yeah, and that goes back to my point I made in the last episode of why Hawaii, why Maui and East Palestine don't get money, they don't get attention and money because they don't make money <laughs> like a war does. Makes more. That's why Ukraine up. and all these. That's why all these other borders are more important than our own. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's a whole nother. So play because he's okay. going to talk about actually the that it's hard to like wrap your mind around this if you haven't even come to terms with the evil that just happened. But it's really, I mean, you have to hear this part because it's actually like a silver lining. If you can, I don't even know what term to use. He says miracle, which is like blows my mind. Cause I, I would know. never think of this as a miracle, mm. the horrend, but like if you, when you hear it, it's like, okay, I can okay. kind of see why he would say that. I hope this is the correct clip. It, I'm pretty sure I didn't it. put, notes. Oh, one eleven. Okay, start playing it. I don't know what this is. <laughs> this is, is our live. I know. Just play it and then I'll, I'll have you forward it if it's not what I think it is. Okay, here we go. Because <laughs> I'm like, I wrote it down without notes and I'm like, yeah, I should know better than that. Okay, here we go. Take place. And what is it? I, uh, Jeremiah 49, I think, yes. maybe. That, that explosion or detonation of Damascus, it says that that there'll be a, a fire started in the wall of Damascus and it shall be completely consumed and never again inhabited. That's never happened. And so I watch for Damascus and I watch right now um, for, I hate to say this, it pains me to say this, but you said it, how Ezekiel shows us that there's no nation when Ezekiel battle takes place, no nation comes to the aid of Israel, she's all alone, which clearly means either the United States has a completely okay, yeah. different political we I was just talking about. Let fast forward. Time, well, or America is incapable of responding for a to help, can't do it, or there is no America, or something has got to disable Israel's strongest historical ally, the United States. And yeah. as much as we do not like this administration, at least currently, there's nonstop flights of supplies coming in to assist Israel. Church family, that is going to, when the Ezekiel battle happens, the U.S. will not play a role at all whatsoever, which is of great concern. Amir, um, would you mind telling uh, people about the, um, that um, it's, it's Israel's understanding that Hamas jumped the gun. Is, do you understand what I mean by that yes. term, jumped the gun? Yes. You know, six months ago, on April 8th, I published on my Telegram channel um, the information 
that uh, we received from uh, someone who is well well versed with uh, the corridors of Tehran and Baghdad. And he basically gave us this information. And he said, look, guys, you need to prepare yourself because what Tehran is planning for you and plotting for the last few years, first with General Qasem Soleimani and now with Ismail Kani, these are the leaders of the Al-Quds Force. The Al-Quds Force is the unit in the Iranian Revolutionary Guard that is, their mission is to export the Iranian Shiite revolution uh, to the region. Let me just explain it faster because he's very thorough. Yeah, and I, de- I highly encourage you again to go listen to this whole thing. And, you know, if you just need to take, if you are not, don't have that attention span, then just go to the hour mark. Mm-hmm. And hear him explain this, um, but I don't want you know he's he's a little bit long winded for reason. But I can just I just want to um, like say uh, what is <laughs> I have no words right now, just like summarize it for for everyone. But basically, they were supposed to have a giant ring of fire from all four corners mm-hmm. that surround because Israel's surrounded right, and they're mm-hmm. surrounded by Muslim nations yes. right. So they were planning with Iran, Syria, Lebanon. Um, to do an actual attack that would have, he says, I think 10, 15 times greater. Mm-hmm. They were actually supposed to lose more like 50,000 people. Yes. Which would have been like, I don't even know in scale what that would mean. Cause they're not, uh, we're 300, 300 plus million people here. They're like what? 20 million or. Yeah. So I, or I, yeah, I don't even know what that would have looked like. Um, so long story short is they were supposed to have this massive invasion. Hamas went rogue because like we've made this point in past episodes, evil does not care. <laughs> they don't care what party you're affiliated with. They don't care what culture you're from. Evil's evil. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the point we've been trying to stick to with this war is that this is good versus evil. This is biblical. It's spiritual. It's not, you know, Palestine versus Israel. It is, but like it's yeah. way bigger than that. And it's actually good versus evil. So evil got its, his, its claws into, has gotten it into Moss clearly, right? But their evil ways, you know, actually confused them. This is where he comes in and at the end he says it was kind of a miracle because God actually protected Israel in the long run for now, you know, in this way because um, Hamas went rogue. They did their own operation that no one knew about. And the reason when they talk about that it was like a surprise attack because I used to hear that in the news Mm -hmm. last week is that they were focused on Hezbollah, which is north border. That's Lebanon, uh, Turkey. And so um, I hope I'm getting this right. But he (laughs) talks about them going... Hezbollah with the north, with the north, and so their eyes were focused there. When they started invading at the south, where Gaza Strip is, they were like an hour into it, and they realized that nobody else knows about this. Because if 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 everyone else knew about it, and they knew that Hamas was doing that, then they would have came together and all did their master plan. But they didn't even know. Iran didn't even know. All the factions didn't know. So it was actually a surprise attack, and then Israel was supposed, was able to turn around um go defend themselves and stop so instead of ten thousand people it was 1400 which is still far too many yeah. but you know just imagine what it could have been yeah. so in that sense it was a miracle god has protected them and now they are they had like four hundred thousand reservists come yep. he makes the point like with putin um when he called on people to come fight the war with ukraine people left but when israel called um to come fight this they had People went, even from like internationally, yeah. America, everywhere, flying in to defend. And now they have hundreds of thousands of soldiers on all corners in high alert. So now they, you know, are in a whole different um, strategy than they have been focused on Hezbollah. Um, so if you look at it globally, and I mean, it just goes to show the point of God sees things from a different. <laughs> he's got a total, totally different viewpoint than we as humans do. Mm-hmm. he sees the big picture. We don't see that. We see moments. We see things that happen after the fact and come to our conclusions and expe- expectations of what we think God should be doing where God sees everything from beginning to end. And he knows, you know, so I just felt like I would listen to that clip and hear him explain and just remember. And that's what he says. You, we need to remember this and we need to remember what God has done for Israel. Um, and they will be able to take, you know, he his very, um, very uh, confident they will be able to finish what they started 
they will be able to exterminate Hamas, mm-hmm. and that's kind of their <clears throat> plan from right from here on out. And they have found they had found on soldiers they had captured, Hamas soldiers and paperwork and plans and the amount of supplies they had brought in should have should have done way farther damage than what it did. Yep. So just things that you know the news isn't going to report on no. that. We don't know that, right? You have to hear from the horse's mouth. You have to hear from someone who's there. Yep. Um, so it was such, yeah it was such an interesting interview and. I'll put the link. You can go listen to it. Um, but yeah, this is this is a spiritual war. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you find yourself trying to justify and explain away why, that was the other thing that we didn't talk about that has happened since we recorded is they had a media event where they showed unedited raw footage from the body cams of these um, Hamas and what they did to these children and families and old people. And it's just, it's blowing, you know, a lot of our minds that these college students and young people and older, even older people, you know, that are, can justify what, that, how, how this could be okay because of a lie that you believe that it's a false, you know, occupation between Israel and Palestine. Um, And then I just wanted to read this article that um, I listened to another podcast. um, And it's an article in the free press that I will put on our show notes. And I just feel like it's easy if you can be emotionally pulled into one direction in this. Um, but if you understand the mindset of why liberals and conservatives view things differently, yeah. it kind of helps explain how that could happen, how you can find people that are in full support of this mm-hmm. because of why, you know? And so um, it's written by this man that I follow. I listen to his podcast. He does with this other guy called Trigonometry. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, I just find it interesting. And they have all kinds of topics and interview all kinds of people. But um, the, the, this guy's name is Constantin Kissin. And um, he wrote this article and it's entitled The Day the Delusions Died. A lot of people woke up on October 7 as progressives and went to bed that night feeling like conservatives. What changed? And so it's a pretty, it's a, it's a somewhat lengthy article, but I was going to read a couple um, clips from it. Um, he says, uh, the best way to answer that question is with the help of Thomas Sowell. Um, he's a black mm-hmm. um, leader. What, what is like, is he a educator? I forget what he actually does, yeah. but I don't know. He writes books, yeah. he talks, he's just extremely intelligent. Debates. And, you know, you would think the black community would, you know, prop up mm-hmm. someone like Thomas Sowell in their community as, you know, a leader yeah. and thinker and all that. And there are several who do, but, you know, not like I'm Martin sure Luther if you got King. into the yeah. public, they're going to know who George Floyd is more than they're going to know who Thomas, Thomas Sowell is. And that's really sad. It's very mm-hmm. telling of what, you know, where our culture is at. But anyway, um, Thomas Sowell, uh, he's a, okay. He says one of the most brilliant public intellectuals alive today in 1987 he published A Conflict of Visions. This, in this now classic, he offers a simple and powerful explanation of why people disagree about politics. We disagree about politics because we disagree about human nature. We see the world through one of two competing visions, each of, each of which tells a radically different story about human nature. Those with unconstrained vision think that humans are malleable and can be perfected. They believe that social ills and evils can be overcome through collective action that encourages humans to behave better. To subscribers of this view, poverty, crime, inequality, and war are not inevitable. Rather, they are puzzles that can be solved. We need only to say the right things, enact the right policies, and spend enough money, and we will suffer these social ills no more. This worldview is the foundation of the progressive mindset. By contrast, those who see the world through a constrained vision lens believe that human nature is a universal constant. No amount of social engineering can change the sober reality of human self-interest. Or the fact that human empathy and social resources are necessarily scarce. Sorry, I said read read that wrong. Um, Scarce. People who who see things this way believe that most political and social problems will never be solved. They can only be managed. This approach is the bedrock of the conservative worldview. Hamas's barbarism and the explanations and celebrations throughout the West that followed their orgy of violence have forced an overnight exodus from the unconstrained camp into the constrained one. Mm -hmm. We kind of, I think touched on this in our last episode that this could be the beginning of the end for like the woke Mm -hmm. ideology because it's like eating itself alive right now. You have a lot of people that bought into that and they're just like, wait a minute, like this is where I draw the line. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just, it's been kind of fascinating to watch. Um, so he goes into the reality of woke ideology, um, and talks about, you know, the whole, um, issue within the universities. There's one um, paragraph a little bit farther down. Um, But when they watched the university presidents who were quick to issue statements condemning 
the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the killing of George Floyd to fall silent or offer the most slippery equivocal statements carefully crafted to avoid offending anti-Israel groups. They watched an Israeli at Columbia get beaten with a stick and heard reports about the physical intimidation of students on campuses across the country. They read about dozens of student organizations at Harvard signing a letter holding Israel entirely responsible for the massacre of Israelis. The events of the last few weeks have shattered the illusion that wokeness is about protecting victims and standing up for persecuted minorities. This ideology is and has always been about one thing many of us have told you about for years, power. And for the last two weeks, there can be no doubt that about how these people will use any power they seize um, they will seek to destroy in any way they can those who disagree. And that's what mm -hmm. we're seeing. So he goes on, he talks about how, you know, it's um, how it affects immigration, border policy. Um, I'm just scrolling down to the bottom because I wanted to read the last borders. Yeah, border security, um, the West, you know, how it's all been woven in and just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just read it. And then the very last, um, I'm going to find the quote. Um talks about, will this waking up moment persists? It depends in large part on our courage to look at reality in the face. As Sola explained, when you want to help people, you tell them the truth. When you want to help yourself, you tell them what they want to hear. Like how much yeah. is that going on? And how much do we do that, right? Yep. I mean, it's very convicting. Uh, and the truth is that we have indulged in magical thinking far, for too long, choosing comforting myths over harsh realities about terrorism about immigration, and about a host of other issues. In our hunger for progress, we have forgotten that not all change is for the better. Now the world is paying the price for that self-indulgence. Let's hope recent events are the wake-up call we so desperately need. So, like, yeah, we were talking about this when we were walking earlier. It's like, mm -hmm. it'll just be interesting how, like, votes change. The Jewish um, community um, largely does vote Democrat. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see if that changes next year. If we even have an election, I don't know. Um, yeah, I would read this article because it's just, I feel like if you can understand those, those, uh, how the, how the, you view human nature yeah. from both sides, it makes sense then how you can look at and how Jack Hibbs was saying, if you're not, if you do not believe in the God of the Bible and if you believe the lie of this occupation, then yeah, you can look at the pro Palestine view and say it's completely warranted. It doesn't yeah. matter. You can go in and chop heads off. You can, you know, watch people die and record it and it's fine because it's decolonization. Like, so it's a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I'm, did I make it under a minute? No. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just so much. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I have nothing else to say to that. I mean, that's the perfect way to end. It's right. Just, yeah. I just feel like I found all of this, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it, it all kind of like culminates, you know, and it just makes it easier for me to, it's making it easier for me to not get pulled. You can so easily get pulled into emotions and talking points and, yeah. you know, feeling like you have to side one way or the other. But if you understand history and the truth and mindsets, mm -hmm. it, it, it's not, it's not overwhelming. Like it is, I think for a lot of people who just fall silent and they don't want to be confrontational or take a side or what, you know, because they don't know, you don't know. Knowledge is power. Like I just feel way better from last night to today than I did a couple of days ago when you just feel like, wait, you know what? Maybe it's just better to be neutral. <laughs> I mean, that's how a lot yeah. of people feel. No, I know. It's easier. You, it's easier. It's easier road. It's wide road. Or you just, you don't know what to believe. So yeah, or you just don't know what to believe. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, we're being, I mean, the perfect point, we'll just <laughs> on this was, Within minutes of what our media said that Israel bombed a Palestinian um, hospital, 500 dead, blah, 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 blah. I mean, and it spread like a wildfire. Wasn't even close. Like it was Hamas's own. No, but it was oh, yeah. Hamas's. Yeah. Own. And they purposely fire missiles from hospitals, um, daycares, elementary schools, because that's their shield. Yep. They want those numbers, civilian numbers. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was all a lie. So I've kind of like, for me, biblically, Israel is a chosen, the, that's God's people, right? So I'm always 
pro-Israel as in biblically. Yes, government corrupt, bad people in Israel. There's bad people everywhere. So I just go biblically. So, but I fall under that category, I guess you would say that you were talking about as in like, sometimes you just stay silent for a moment because I don't know what to believe. Like, and that's okay. Like there, there's so much lies, chaos, you confusion. And I just go, I'm so confused right now. There's so much chaos. And then I have to say, who is the author of chaos? Who is the author of confusion? Okay. So I'm feeling this way and I need to now not let the devil play that on me personally even though what's happening in the world. So then that's how I like recenter and I go, okay, I'm super confused. I need to just take a moment and discern, go with the Holy spirit. And if I, if I'm not getting anything, then I am going to be quiet, you know? So hopefully that can help someone. (laughs) If you're feeling confused, you know, he's the author of, um, he, or he wants to come kill and steal and destroy so he's he's all those words kill destroy chaos confusion so if you're feeling any of those i would just say to take a deep breath pray holy spirit will give you discernment and you can go from there and you either speak up when you're talking to someone you stay quiet whatever he's going to give you the discernment on what to do next if you don't get an answer then you just hold tight yeah (laughs) so that's just my little um, Trish 101. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> oh, let's take a deep breath. <laughs> this is um, this is this is gonna be like for a while. So yeah, just buckle brace up, yourself. everyone. Brace yourself. You've been listening to the Super Spreader Show with Trish and Susie. You can find us on our website, superspreadershow.com, on Spotify, Instagram, and True Social. Till next time. Bye. Bye.